Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today we're talking leadership, core leadership. For those of you that love reading leadership books, uh, leadership content, are looking at bettering yourself as an individual, um, this is the conversation for you. And you're going to love meeting Wayne Strickland. Wayne is with me on the podcast today. Wayne, it is awesome to have you. But Justin is great to be here. I'm just getting excited just listening to you introduce the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got to you got to bring the energy. So, <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, for those of you that don't know Wayne, and Wayne and I have a ton of relationships in common, which is amazing. But um Wayne spent 38 years at a company you might have heard of called Hallmark, amazing company, amazing brand. Um, and I would say kind of a retailer and a consumer products company, which is something we could talk about. But Wayne, talk about your career and and you know your role as a leader there. Well, thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. You know, I uh, I, uh, I kind of got lucky getting on with Hallmark. They interviewed me in college, and uh, they were a little late getting <laughs> getting back to me, so I turned them down when they offered me a job <laughs> thirty eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, thirty eight years ago. But they kind of kept track. I mean, I went to work for a freight company in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and. And uh, I think they were having a hard time getting somebody to move to the city I was in. So I think they pulled up my file. and went, well, you know what? What the heck? Might as well take a chance on this guy. <laughs> nice. And so I, yeah, I started in a very rural territory, driving 800 miles a week, caught on all kinds of little customers, right? To a little drugstore and, a, you know, this and that. So, you, you know, you kind of learn it from the bottom up. And then over those 38 years, I was very lucky to... Uh, to do a lot of great things. The last 25 years, I was at a general manager at BP level. And, you know, I started, I led the North American Walmart team that was a very big team with 5,000 people and lots of business. I led a you know, supermarket team at one time, had all the supermarkets, had 10,000 people on it. And I've run the drugstore team and, uh, and I've started businesses from scratch, a category management function from scratch, a customer strategy and planning function from scratch. And wow. and, that, and uh, I think this is a lesson from a kid that, you know, grew up in South Arkansas, very poor, didn't have two nickels to rub together and had to work my way through college selling vacuum cleaners and pots and pans and oh repossessing cars. Seriously? Which might have been. <laughs> and there's a lot of stories in the book about what you learn when you you got to make your rent by selling you know, pots and pans on Saturday oh, or selling vacuum. You're probably the best lessons on how to close and how to listen was when you're out selling stuff door to door. And if you don't make the sale, you don't make your rent. So, oh, yeah. So I, think I think some people don't lesson. realize that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't the kind of job you bragged about, you know, at the fraternity house on Saturday night. Yeah. So pots and pans today, you know, other people were doing more fun things, but I was making money. So I think it's a story from a kid that grew up in a very poor family. My parents didn't, graduate high school nor did my brother so i go i go through college i go through grad school work my way through all that and and kind of find myself you know 38 years later that had been a vp for 25 years and did all these businesses and pretty interesting in my 35th year and i was thinking about retiring the president came to me and said hey don't retire can you go figure out this Amazon business? Oh, you know, we're not, small thing. We got to worry about Amazon. Yeah, you know, I think it's a thing, but, uh, you know, we're not doing anything on it. You've done a lot of stuff before. Can you go? Can you just go figure that out? Can you tell me what you want to do? And so I drafted a plan and I pulled like you always do. You find the smartest people you can that want to help you. And I found some really smart people that didn't work at Hallmark that we hired to help us. And that's almost three years ago. In fact, today I just left a meeting all day today with, 
as a, in my consulting role with Hallmark, with the Amazon Fresh and Prime Now team. Spent last night with them and the day with them. And we're rocking and rolling, man. It's a, it's, and then, uh, so, you know, at 35 years with the company, they come and ask you to go work on the, the biggest growth opportunity. Right, for the business. So pretty exciting. So it's, it's, it's kind of a story and it's a, it's a book that, that talks about lessons, right? So in my 38 years, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I was, I made a ton of mistakes. I was a flawed leader for a long time. There was a time when the president of the company called me in. He said, I'm getting you an executive coach. And I thought that was because I was such a stud, but it was because I was such a bully. Wow. <laughs> it took me wow. it took me a couple of meetings before the lady was telling me how bad I was. I thought she was trying to tell me how good I was. And then at one time, you know, I was I was so arrogant I lost I lost almost a billion dollars in business one time because I just was too arrogant. And then I was a part of a senior management team one time that we got disbanded because we created so much drama that nobody in the company could work with us. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I got to stop you there. So for those of you that don't know, Wayne, after he left Hallmark, put together this amazing book, Get Over Yourself, Decide to Lead, which is what we're, we're jumping into right now. And Wayne, the things you just mentioned aren't things that most leaders self-actualize. You know what I mean? Most leaders don't necessarily take look look in the mirror and say gosh these are things i didn't do well they look at it later so talk about some of these these stories and how you, you you did you look back and and realize these things or did you discover them at the time like how did these evolve for you as a leader well i'll tell you what happened and you know it's it's not a it's not a happy story it's a sad story i had a I had a daughter in college, my oldest daughter that uh, one night uh, i got a phone call at midnight my daughter had been hit by a drunk driver and she almost lost her life, and uh, she—it was a miserable thing. And she's fine today, but there was a year there of surgeries and surgeries and all that. And then, about thirty days after that happened, uh, we were building a house. We we're one week from from getting it built, and it burned to the ground. And about two weeks after that, my son was in a car accident. And then about about a year after that, I was divorced, and uh, it's just too much to deal with, right? So I'm fifty years old. I had been a senior leader for 15 years or so. And I was kind of sitting there with, you know, my, and that's when I was getting this, you know, coaching because I was a bully and I lost some business and you're sitting there with kind of a fork in the road. And, and I had been getting some coaching. My executive coach had been talking to me about, but I hadn't been listening. And I think when you get, when you get to that low point in your career and you got a fork in the road, you either start listening or you, you kind of know where you're headed. Right. So, all of a sudden, things made sense to me. The things they've been telling me about, hey, you got to be more genuine. You got to be more authentic. You can't, you got to be more collaborative. You can't be such a bully. You can't be such aggressive. You got to slow down and bring people along with you. You got to, you know, you got, you got to, you got to bring people with you. Yeah, you may have the best idea. You may be really smart, but man, if you can't bring them with you, they're not going to go. And, you know, all these kinds of things. And so, and you got to be genuine and you got to be authentic and you got to do it in a way that, uniquely you i remember one time i was i was uh, had a, a really smart young woman working for me and i was coaching her on how to be a better leader and she looked at me and says you're trying to teach me how to be you oh. i need you to teach me how to be me wow and i was like i was like yeah i kind of am trying to teach you how to be me so this book you know when i was sitting there in that place i started outlining what i was going to do right and what was important to me this coach was helping me and and so it starts with you know you know what I did then, I wrote what I call my leadership philosophy, and it's those things that drives me. 
and it's not things, Justin, it might drive you. It might not be things that drives other people. And you have to decide, you know, what are those eight or 10 things that it's about you, it's genuinely you, and it's going to drive you to your North Star every day. It's going to help you in the good times, of course, but it's going to help you in a tough time. So in one of those, this will sound really silly, but it's true. In one of those discussions we were having about my bad behavior, this coach told me, so Wayne, there's, there's good behaviors, there's bad behaviors, and there's derailers. Mm, I said, okay. Interesting. Okay. Good behaviors, you know, get you promoted. Bad behaviors maybe hold you back. Derailing behaviors get you fired. And I said, well, that's great. Let's, let's list them. Here's my problem. I had my, dera- my derailing behaviors in the good column. Oh, <laughs> wait, your good so, column were the derailers? Oh, yeah, no. so I'm thinking, you know, being wait. aggressive and doing this, that's right. good. It's bad. Oh, it's gosh. bad. And so it, it took me a year and a half of trying to break in the cycle, right? When Yeah, because when you can't through. just change. It's not that easy, right? Just to no, flip the switch and, oh, you're not going to be authentic and Mr. Everybody's Friend and not run over people. I mean, it, it doesn't work, right? Yeah I, get a big kick. yeah, I get a big kick out of people now that I can reflect back, right? So I'll come back to that. But I, along the way, you know, I'd, I'd see people that go to these seminars and they talk about your personal brand or they read a book uh, right. about branding. Yep. They come back and go, here's my brand. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to have credibility. I'm going, but you're not. You're not. Right. You're not those things. Wow. And your brand is something that you just de- you develop over thousands of decisions, right? You don't get to proclaim it. You have to earn it. That is so true. That is so true. And so I started with this leadership philosophy, and and it took me about a year and a half that when I came to that really stressful situation, I'd have to stop because I really wanted to pull out the old hammer and the bad behavior. And I had to pause and think and go, no, it's really this other thing is as hard as that feels and as wrong as it feels right now when it's really stressful and stakes are high and the pressure is high and you're bleeding out of your ears. And I really, but you can't, you got to go trust that yourself, that the new behaviors is going to be better. And they were, and they were so that, so this book is got lots of examples about good and bad behaviors that I had. And I'm very honest about it. You know, there's, you know, what led me to writing the book, Justin, was I felt it was a good opportunity to give back, right? I've been very blessed to work for one company for 38 years and a great company. The, the Hall family has been good to me and all kinds of great things. And I said, you know, if I can write this book and if I can go around and speak on it and do some presentations, and if I could help all these leaders out there, whether you're a brand new leader it's probably more like a manager, but they're, they're in their first little leadership job and they need to get out of their way of themselves, basically. Or you're a second or third time leader and you're leading people that don't have the skills you have or they don't have they have skills different than you. How do you connect with them? How do you learn about them? How do you how do you connect with people that skills and personalities are different than you? And then there's a part of the book that talks about if you're an enterprise leader and you make fewer decisions, but the decisions you make either gets people paid more or people go home. And what kind of skills do you need as an enterprise leader so that you are, have an intimate understanding of the competition and the marketplace drives you, not people that work for you drive you? I mean, I've seen it so many times, and you have too, with all your, the things you've done, Justin, is you know, there's some leaders that get comfortable and they let their staffs and their people tell them what's going on. Right. 
instead of, hey, I'm going to go in the marketplace and I'm going to see what's going on. I'm going to pay a visit. That's right. I'm going to go talk to the, my largest customer and I want to ask them what's going on. I'm going to talk to my biggest supplier and ask them what's going on. I'm going to go into the plant and ask the people that's on the floor what's going on. I'm going to go out and spend the day with people in the field. And it's leader. And there's a lot of stories about the leaders that have that kind of relationship with the marketplace and their customers and suppliers and all that. They succeed because they, they stay in touch with what's really important. And they develop a competitive intelligence that's, that's their story, not an aggregation of, you know, what's all the functional leader stories. Like you ever had a supply chain person come up and say, hey, our supply chain is not very good, and I'm not doing a very good job, but I just want to tell you that. They don't do that right? <laughs> it's like, give they me don't options to solve it. Don't just tell me about the problem. <laughs> They'll say, you know, the marketing guy, that that marketing stuff was just right. a little better. You know, we our supply chain is be better. Better marketing and branding. Sell more. Yeah, so, you know, an enterprise leader can't have aggregation of information drive their decisions. They've got to own it. So this, this book is about lots of insights, a lot of stories. Some really hard stories to talk about, frankly. I mean, it's like, I mean, kind of. Give me some examples. I mean, what, <laughs> when, uh, you know, when I'm in that really bad place and, you know, I, uh, and these are even hard to talk about with you, but, you know, I lost, I lost a lot of business one time because I just too darn arrogant. I mean, I was just arrogant. I had a, a guy that, you know, the, the business was under contract and they had a junior senior VP and, and uh, he was asking me some questions and he said something that was pretty, yeah, I thought it was a little off color, a little left to center, and I said something about it, and he said something back, and I smarted off to him, and that was it. And the contract I mean, was gone. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it took four months for us to, to kind of wade through that and go through the process, but that was the moment I wow. lost that business. Wow. I lost that business right then. And there's a lot of business. And there's a lot of examples of, you know, one time I had, uh, I was kind of new in the corporate world, and we had a senior VP and he was tough, tough guy. And one day he came by my office. He said, Wayne, grab a three by five. That back in the day, that's how we did stuff. He said, write this down. You're the master of what you don't say and the slave to what you do. Choose wisely. Huh? And apparently, apparently I had been flapping, running my mouth too much in meetings and he didn't like it. And so, I mean, for like a month, I didn't say anything to anybody, right? Somebody see me in the hallway, I'd wave at them, I'd go down to the corporate cafeteria, i point to what I wanted. You know, I wouldn't even talk. Wow. And then finally, you went the day, other direction. Was, well, yeah, one day, about a month later, he goes, okay, you've, I've heard, I've seen enough. Now you can start talking. But listen, nobody wants to hear about all your sales, Bollyhoo, and all the stuff you did internally. I mean, out in the field, you're here to help. Nobody wants to hear all the stuff you did. You're here to help. And so I use, I took that, you know, I've hired lots and lots of people over the years. And and I tell people when they, they come to the companies to look for the first 90 days, I don't want you to say much. And we certainly don't. Yeah, we just want you to listen. Nobody wants to hear that you worked at Coca-Cola for 15 years and you reinvented everything and all that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> right. What they want to hear you say is, tell me more about your business. Tell me who the thought leaders are. How do I learn more about this? How do you do that? Every word that comes out of your mouth, every sentence comes out of your mouth, that ought to be a question. And you ought to soak up information. And after about three months, then maybe you can have a, some contribution. And I tell you, it makes a lot of difference to, to people. And, and they accelerate in the, in the business a whole lot more, right? They, they, they get further along because they learn versus talking. And, and there's lots of those in the book about just stories and stories and stories. I once had a lady who, she was a Harvard 
master's degree from Harvard. She'd come outside. She'd come from, you know, Colgate and some other very large companies. And she came into our business and she was a marketer and I was a marketing VP of our gold crown stores at the time. And she was a you know, marketer and she and I didn't get along at all. And, you know, the first, the first 60 days, I mean, there was nothing that we could do that, that would work. And I finally told her one day, she says, how are you doing? How are you and I doing? I said, half the time I don't like you and half the time I'm undecided. Uh, and she said, hey, at least you were honest. <laughs> well, I was, and she kind of smiled and she said, uh, I know. And so about two weeks later, she took us off to an offsite meeting. You've been to a lot of times. She started talking about her uh, upbringing and how she got to where she's at. And then she started talking about, she said, these are my nits, N-I-T-S, and they're mine. And you may think they're stupid. You may think they're goofy. You may think they're wrong, but they're mine. And I'm going to tell you what they are and you don't do them. And it was things like, you know, don't forward my voicemail. I I mean, just all kinds of stuff like that. It was how she wanted to work. And what I realized is like, I don't do any of that. Right. I mean, my content was good, but I am, I am operate that way. That's right. I don't operate the way she wants to operate. I mean, I worked for a person before her that was really chatty and she'd stop by my office all the time. We chatted up and I go by my new boss's office and say, Hey, how you doing? What do you want? Uh, I'm busy, right? right? Different style. But, yeah. but what I learned from that was, you know, after she shared that with me for it was like 10 or 15 things, then I just kind of fell in line and we, we had a great relationship the next two and a half years. So I took that learning and then from that point on, and this was probably 20 years ago, for every every time I took a new team, I shared with them a leadership philosophy, which was, you know, kind of things I, I thought was important to me. Then I'd share my debts and say, here's how I want to work. If you work differently. Let's talk about it now. Like if you don't want to work on the weekends or you don't want to get emails after eight o'clock, you don't want to buy blah, blah. That sounds silly. But if you don't want to work like that, let's talk about it now. And there will always be a handful of people who say, yeah, I, that bothers me. Okay, let's resolve that. Let's just resolve that. Let's just figure out what that looks like. So lots and lots of stories like that of how you get off track and how you get back on track and, and, and moving forward. Well, I love it. I I, I cannot. I, I I can imagine some of those situations were uber challenging, and looking back on them, probably emotional, also, right? I mean, and, and just dealing with. And I think everyone has personal stuff going on, even at work, right? And just to be managing the challenges on the personal side and being at work every day, you know, I always tell my team, it's like just assume everyone has something going on, right? And, and they still got to come to work and be the leader, or be the follower, or be the doer, and. And I'm sure those are some of the things that you explore. Yeah, I think the other thing I learned from her, she was she was the master of taking a a business she knew nothing about, and in two years she had that business in double digit growth. And I was fascinated by it. And I said, "How do you do that?" She goes, "I just go ask people what they would do." And she she I mean it's so simple, right? She goes, "I'll go talk to our ten or fifteen best customers and ask them what they do." I go talk to you know, 10 or 15 of the most influential people in the company where it's going to answer supply chain and marketing and asking what they do. Then I asked my team what they do. And then when you get, re- you're done with all that, there's four or five themes that develop. You go do those four or five things and everybody thinks you're brilliant. And then, and the business improves. And then next year, you're kind of more, you know, you're up to speed on that. And then you, and you go. And another thing I, I kind of learned along the way when you have a new team is that, for every direct report I had, I would spend an hour with right away and just say, tell me about you. Personally. What, what, yep. Get to personally. Yep. 
and you find out that people are musicians or they're artists or their mom's got Alzheimer's or they have a, a, a child that has special needs or this or that. And you learn all kinds of things. One guy hit bowled seven, seven perfect games in bowling, kind of a point off the curve, but you know that. And then you just learn all these things about them. And it, but it takes a lot of time. I got to spend an hour with my direct reports and 30 minutes with all of their reports and 30 minutes with all their reports. One time I had, you know, 400 full-time jobs and I spent a quarter doing that. But when the time comes and it's stressful and you got to get a lot of work done, you don't go to, you don't say, Justin, come on, man, you, you get, come on, get that work done. You pound your dead. Right, hey, Justin, right. Say, Justin, man, I know what's going on. I know you got all this stuff going on. How can I help you? How can I help you? You need a little time at home. To, and then they look at you and go, yeah, I really am. I, I could use a little break here. I could use a little help here. And you give them a little break and you know what? They work twice as hard for you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I call it like re- relationship equity. You know, like when you take time to get to know someone or spend time with them and understand, you know, life beyond the day job, you're like building relationship equity up and you never know how that pays off down the road. And one of my biggest pet peeves is working for people or persons that take no time to even understand you beyond the day job. And I don't know, maybe it's just me because I'm a relationship guy, but it really bothers me. Maybe it shouldn't, but it does. It bothers me. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's when you're getting to know people, they will tell you some things that, that you need to know, right? You're trying to ask them about the personal stuff, but they'd say, well, you don't really care. Well, why, why wouldn't I care, Justin? Well, you know, the, the other boss had their favorites and I do happy hours with them every week. Really? Yeah, it's not really fair because I've got three kids and a working spouse and I got to get home every day. You go, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'll cut that thing out and all these kinds of things. They'll tell you about you got too many meetings or you don't the right. previous possible. You learn I mean, a lot. So, There's, everyone so wants simple. to share some ideas. I mean, it's amazing. But most, most leaders don't do that, Justin. What they do is they jump in and they want to know what the list of the priorities are today. And they want a, a list of what fires to go fight. And they start fighting the fires and, you know, reworking the priorities. And pretty soon it's six months and they missed a golden opportunity. To go sit down and listen to their team and talk to their team and get to know their team so that, you know, there's always going to be a fire that burns. There's always going to be a priority. There's always going to be a budget forever. But you only get that first 90 days one time. One time. That's a great point. I love that. I do love that. And, and you're right. It's so easy and so few do it. <sighs> it takes right. time. Well, God, we could go on and on. Um, so, Wayne, so... Get over yourself. Decide to lead. So, is when did the book come out? Um, you know, where can people find it? How do people engage with you? How can they get you to come speak at their events, at their conferences, at their shows? I mean, I think you have some a great leadership content. Well, thank you. Uh, the book came out in March. It's at Amazon, um, and you can get it in a paperback or Kindle any way you want it. They, they'll take care of it for you, and they're doing a super job for me. I'm very impressed with them. Uh, you can get a hold of me, hold of me at Wayne Strickland speaking uh, at gmail.com. You can go to Wayne Strickland speaking.com. Excuse me. Wayne Strickland speaking at gmail.com is my email. Wayne Strickland speaking.com. You can go and uh, look at my website. I think I've got, I don't know, many videos there. I've got several articles that I've, that I put on LinkedIn that I, I put over on my blog, on my website you can go to linkedin find me on linkedin it's easy uh, i try to write one or two articles a week that's leadership articles 
that uh, lessons I've learned, and it's you know a, a couple of pages of here's a here's a headline and here's a, here's a story. Like you know, one of them is perfect. Perfect is too expensive for leaders. Huh, and there's one that's, that's one that says you know facts are your friends. I'll start with the facts. There's you know there's all kinds of things and some of them are a little silly but i think there's a lesson in them and then this i think tomorrow i'm going to start posting the first of just funny things that happens in corporate america <laughs> that, that would be good I've, maybe that's a I've whole other book for you <laughs> yeah there you go and then uh you know they're just i think people read them and just laugh right so you know, everybody needs a little laugh and i call it i think the heading's going to be is don't take yourself too seriously and then there's a heading there's a story that i'm going to put out there tomorrow about and I think it was in the mid-1980s, I had to go up to Oklahoma to sell a big remodel in the, of a card shop. And and this guy is a pharmacist, two brothers that own the store, and this guy's a pharmacist. And it, uh, he kind of gave us the runaround all day long. <laughs> about, we had an appointment at 10 o'clock, and all day long, he's giving us a runaround. At the end of the day, he asked us to jump in his pickup truck, and we run out to his farm. And he has 67 head of cattle he wants to vaccinate. And he said... <laughs> Wayne, you do this, and this other guy, Bill, you do that, and I'm going to vaccinate them. And I mean, it was hot. I'm soaking wet. Back then, we wore coats and ties, and so I had my coat off and my tie on, and we have cow manure up to our knees. And then I'm saying, we got, we got to settle, we got to finalize this this deal, man. It's a big deal. We're on a timeline. He goes, I'm hungry, so he takes us to his barbecue joint, buys a couple pitchers of beer, and finally orders food. It's like nine o'clock at night. I got a six o'clock flight, and I said, Are we ever going to? get to this he goes oh yeah we looked at that yesterday we're good go ahead <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> wow <laughs> he knew when we walked in the door it was done right? oh my gosh that is awesome so there's gonna be there's gonna be lots of stories probably every other week or so i'll drop into something really funny like that or a story about repossessing cars or selling vacuum <laughs> cleaners that you know it's that people can just read and just kind of laugh and go okay i kind of that was fun and, and move on down the road. You know, we don't have to take ourselves too seriously. The job can be serious, but we don't have to take ourselves too serious. Totally. I totally agree. Well, listen, Wayne, it has been awesome having you on the podcast. I can't wait to dive into more of your leadership concepts and I can't wait to see where you go with this book. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling me. I've enjoyed it and, and the best luck to you too, Justin. Awesome. The Contender Cast is powered by Play On Sports and King of Pops. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderBrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.